Hello again. Um, welcome to the Inciting Incident cast. Um, today we are here to talk about episode uh, six, seven. It doesn't matter. Trump Loli <laughs> or Loyal. I, I can't pronounce it. Um, Scott, what does that mean? You looked it up prior to the episode. It's an art term, actually. Um, I had no idea what it was until I Googled it. It is uh, the act of painting something two-dimensional so that it looks three-dimensional. Okay, so that has a lot of uh, maybe meanings that are evident in this episode that we can get to as we go through. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, But let's talk about the big reveal that we found out definitively at the end of this episode. You've won, Internet. Bernard is a host. I, I mean, I'm, I was kind of shocked. I heard some of the theories, and I didn't really buy into them because I didn't think Westworld would go there. Um, but uh, obviously they did, and they really hit us hard with it today. A few off the, like right off the cuff questions that I have now that we know Bernard is a host. One, in what timeline is this happening? I, I don't know. Uh, well, uh, okay. Mm. So, it's in the timeline where uh, um, the, the brothel, the, the matron of the brothel, mm-hmm. uh, what's her name again? Maeve. Maeve. It's in the same timeline that Maeve is becoming self-aware in. How do you know that? Because they, when Bernard was quote-unquote fired and there were those issues going on um if we're assuming that all the bernard zines from today's episode happen at roughly the same time um and i think we have reason to believe they do because of his relationship with Teresa. Teresa, exactly so they were all in the room with uh clem and clem was watching it yes exactly okay but where does bernard bernard's okay so Bernard's a host. He's been around for a long time. Not when Arnold was around, we found out today, which was probably key information that they gave us for a reason. But all the times we've seen Bernard talking to Dolores and reading her a book he read his son, support thought he did, and trying from what we thought was to expand her consciousness and help her become more real and help her break through from her programming that was all now we could assume under the direction of ford yeah i think we can assume that anthony hopkins remains the most terrifying figure in all of entertainment um <laughs> i mean it's scary right yeah i mean he was this is straight out of hannibal lecter i mean he was he was playing hannibal lecter again today well i mean same, he, same right right today. he wasn't hissing and and eating folk but uh to to have him walk towards you must be just an unqualified nightmare. I think he was actually licking his lips in the end scene. <laughs> it was also weird when he pulled that guy's liver out and started, like, munching on it. That was yeah, a bad joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, back back to uh, the uh, point. Um, <laughs> so Bernard's a robot. No, no Bernard's a robot, but he's, his motivations to help these hosts... His motivations are now directly in line with Ford's. His motivations to help these hosts, um, or what we thought would be to help the hosts come into their own and break free from their loops, is, 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 is obviously not what his motivations were, because those are not Ford's motivations. His, I think Ford's motivations are clear at this point, that he wants these hosts to be as realistic as possible while still and as human as possible while still under his control. And I think when we saw Bernard speaking to Dolores, I think that's sort of what he was trying to accomplish. Right. When, when I, uh, a few episodes ago, I was talking about Ford's God complex. I think I've raised it a couple of times, and this is totally in line with that. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's possible in the near future that Ford, like some of the other hosts, is going to start becoming more and more self-aware and come off his own loop. You mean uh, Bernard? Sorry, Bernard will become more self-aware yeah. and come off his own loop. Well, in the coming attractions, you hear him say, why did you have me kill her? Right, right. You so he's, uh, in the preview, he's already questioning it. 
Um, so I think that, you know, maybe this will just like, it'll be, you know, recursive and uh, like all of these hosts will start coming off their loops in various ways, shapes and forms. So I now I think after seeing this episode, it puts to bed the theory that there's anyone in headquarters trying to really help these robots escape. Right. There's no one that's quote unquote on their side. Well, probably no one that we've seen yet. Yeah. Bernard was the one that we thought maybe most likely had... Um, a motivation to help them in a real way, but now that's been... He's just sort of um, Ford's lackey. Right. I mean, I guess the only thing left um, might be whoever's uh, receiving the data that Teresa was sending before, you know, whoever's doing the corporate espionage. Maybe their reasons for that espionage are more altruistic than any of us have assumed, maybe? I mean, I guess that's that there's an outside chance of that. Okay, um, let's maybe go, you want to start the, start the recap, or do you have any more, um, sort of, off, you know, immediate thoughts about Bernard? Oh, um, well, I guess we'll get back around to that scene at the end very quickly, so I'll save them for that point. Okay, very quickly, in about an hour, but we'll get there. (laughs) Okay, um, okay, so the first scene opens up with, I think almost every episode has begun with someone waking up somewhere right has it been every episode yeah i believe it's been okay but it's always been a host i think that's true mave dolores maybe not every episode but every time we've seen someone waking up somewhere it's been a host beginning their loop and at the beginning of this episode of course it's bernard waking up now all of a sudden you think to yourself oh this must mean he's a host this, this, I mean, there's a theory on the internet. It's been going around. Bernard's a host. Bernard's a host. There's also a theory that Ford's a host. I think that that's been um, debunked this episode. Um, they can't, no, wait, no, I mean, he could still be a robot. They, they can't both be hosts. I mean, that's crazy. No, no, they totally could. They could, the, the puppet master could be like several lines up the chain. Arnold's the one who's, Arnold's the human and everyone else are hosts. Arnold's right. alive somewhere. What if there's only one guy in the entire show of Westworld, or one woman who's human, and literally everyone else is a dancing sort of host marionette puppet, and it's just all its just all this screwed up thing. Not even in Westworld, you mean in the universe in which they're existing, and there's one human. Well, that would be even funnier, but I, I meant in Westworld itself. Um, but yeah, what if there was this Howard Hughes-esque figure, like, yeah. with long fingernails, sitting in a, ro- in yeah. a clean room, like, <laughs> watching these robots play out these, like, weird roles <laughs> that he yeah. or she has designed yeah. for them? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, you never know. Maybe, uh, Chris Hemsworth is the one pulling all the strings. <laughs> <laughs> you would like that, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, so at this point... You're like, oh, he's a host, and, and these memories he has with his son are are just, you know, fabrications. Um, he starts reading um, the Alice in Wonderland book to his son, and he selects a passage where the world, quote-unquote, is what it isn't. And again, now knowing that he's a host, that gives us a clue that things maybe aren't what they appear with him. And then he wakes up in his room in headquarters really quick we've never seen sun in headquarters right like the sun like i assume headquarters is obviously multi-stories we'd see them we've seen people going on the elevator is it underground is it but in bernard's room it seems like there's a window with sun coming into it i don't know if that's artificial light i just thought it was i mean it's not you know super important to the plot maybe but i thought that was an interesting uh question right right uh well the way i the way i look at it right now is i know that it looks like there are parts of the facility that are above ground like uh on a mesa uh it, during this episode at some point you see a mesa with an actual building on it that looks like a headquarters building and so you know maybe there are certain facilities there and stuff but obviously as we've seen in prior episodes there are an enormous number of levels underneath the ground too so maybe it's just sort of spread out under the ground with like sort of points that come up where did we see the picture of this building that you just mentioned the mesa picture no no it's not a picture it was an actual building in the episode when there was a panning shot i think in the middle of the episode there was a mesa and you saw a building on it okay in what context was i I mean it was just a panning shot okay um all right so next scene uh it's hector 
I believe his name is Hector, the attractive, uh, the attractive host who uh, with a scar down his face. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah was in yeah, love yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he was in love actually. Yeah, he was the one. He was the one though with Laura Linney in Love Actually. He was in her storyline. Anyway, we digress. Um, and you see Bernard asking him the same sort of questions that he asked Dolores. Did you ever have occasion to question your reality and things like that? And this host seems a little bit his reactions. I don't know if it's an, if it's a fail, failing in his acting compared to Evan Rachel Wood, who plays Dolores, but. His switches seem a little less nuanced. He almost seems a little bit more robotic and programmed. And I don't know if that's a failure of his acting or on or actually, you know, good acting to show that like Dolores's awareness and subtlety is a little bit more advanced than his. Yeah, I, I actually like that point. Uh, I'm going to give Westworld the benefit of the doubt on this one because the acting has been really strong on the show and just say it's it's good acting. Um, a really quick point, uh, given what we know about uh, Bernard now and given what we're thinking at the beginning of the episode, it's also really just interesting to watch someone you know or think or suspect is a host questioning another host on the nature of their reality. Right. It was just, a, a, I think, a cool little nod as we ramp up to those reveals at the end. Well, because... So most, if not all other hosts, as far as we know, hosts in the park don't know that hosts even exist. They think the other hosts they come in contact with are real and part of their universe. And, you know, Dolores has her father and Dolores has her boyfriend, Teddy. And as far as she knows, they're, they're real. Ber- Bernard is an interesting and maybe the most advanced host because he he has the knowledge that Ford has. He knows that other hosts are hosts. He knows how they work. I assume he doesn't have knowledge that he himself is a host. Well, I mean, I think it's obvious he didn't, you know, uh, when we come to the end. He's sort of, uh, I think, in, in some amount of shock uh, that, that he is a host. So, yeah. Because when other hosts are shown, like when Dolores' father and even Hector in this episode, they're shown pictures of, like, a monorail or New York City and... They're like, it doesn't look like anything to me. Like, they're programmed to just not register anything that might compromise their reality, which is Westworld. Bernard could see all of these things, right? Because he could use these tools to try to test the other hosts and make sure they're functioning properly. So Bernard obviously doesn't have that limitation only when it comes to him. The only time Bernard that we, we've seen was unable to see something or register something was when it was the plans for his, him as a host, the Bernard plans. That was the only thing he couldn't see. Right. Well, that and the door going down into that facility. And I think you touched upon it correctly. Uh, the hosts uh, are sort of limited in what they can see according to their reality, right? Like Hector's reality is that he's a, a, a swaggering desperado with a, a cool scar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he can't see a monorail because he no, I no frame of reference, no idea what that is. That's his programming. Bernard's reality is that he's uh, a guy working in Westworld with, uh, you know, uh, a, a son who died and like a yeah. whole family and stuff. And so anything that supports and buttresses that reality, he can see and anything that doesn't, that that's what that's where his limitations lie. So it's actually kind of a cool series of rings of what their reality is and what they can and, interact with. And it's just so odd because if you th- I mean, we just finished watching this episode like literally 20 minutes ago, but if you think about Bernard's storyline thus far, last episode he was investigating data being transmitted out of the park with Elsie. Um, you know, he everything up to this point leads us to believe he's an independent minded person with free will yeah yeah well i one of the i don't know if you uh uh i think we talked about this but one of the the reasons people originally thought that bernard was a host you know way back in the beginning was that hosts on the show were given backstories and like Bernard had a backstory, whereas a lot of the quote unquote human characters Great point. had no backstory. Elsie, Chris Hemsworth. None. None. Anthony Hopkins has a back uh, only as it relates to the park and his relationship with Arnold. Right, and he either is a special case or as we talked about, he's just another rung in my crazy ladder of everyone's a host. Um, but yeah, no, so that's why people originally thought he was a host. No, that's a really good point. Um 
Where's Elsie? Last we saw her, someone was sneaking up on her in that room, right? Yeah, somebody grabbed her. And so actually, this is a good point. I don't remember, and, and I really should go back and look at the episode, whether she intended to go on vacation or whether someone who has grabbed her has put her on vacation. Maybe it was Ford. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, you know, who, who knows? I think there might be a third a third organization or entity involved in all of this. But if someone was to... If she, if Elsie didn't have a vacation planned and someone put her on vacation, that means that someone has infiltrated like the workings of the organization because they can say that she's on vacation. They can put that in the system, right? Right. Yeah, fair. Or they could, they could just, someone could have been like, Elsie, go on vacation. <laughs> like whoever, they could have just forced her to go on vacation and she actually did. Yeah, totally. But that seems that seems less likely after she's grabbed in the dark by a mysterious person that they would then grab her and be like, "Oh, I've got you now. Go on vacation. Go to no, Mars." Like you're, you're 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 in too deep, Elsie. Like I think like if you know what's good for you, like you'll take go some to time Amsterdam. Off. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have a fruity drink with an umbrella. <laughs> oh, um, she's probably dead. <laughs> Um, so is it I, back to Bernard because this is I mean the episode in our opinion wasn't great um, it didn't again <laughs> we talked about this last week it, moving a lot of pieces around uh, a few good character beats and I actually am a real big fan of character moments and character beats but as far as advancing the story and the mysteries of, of Westworld um, I think it's primi- primarily an episode about Bernard and, and sort of the interplay there could we assume that everything so I'm going to start with a question that I'm going to give you what I think is the obvious answer. Do we assume that everything Bernard does, Ford is aware of? And I think the answer is no. Because last episode, Bernard, working with Elsie and sort of of his own volition and free will, finds Ford's secret house. And if he's a host... Why would Ford go through the trouble of explaining it all to him and going through the whole explanation? I mean, obviously, it's a narrative device to inform the viewer, but it just doesn't seem likely that a, that a host that, fo- that Ford is programming would go through the trouble of discovering something. He would already know it, well, right? Like, here's, here's a posit for you that I was going to say. That makes the sense. End. Yeah, 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 but... I was going to wait till the end. Okay. But, but okay. one of my big thoughts... Big reveal. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a big reveal, but, but it's, it my, it's a, an opinion of mine that, that maybe bears fruit. So my first thought when... Uh, spoiler alert, uh, Bernard uh, beats <laughs> Teresa to death. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, leaves her there. Um, and in the background, um, there is a, uh, a machine running that is generating a new host. Who, yeah, well, that was my question. I think it might be Teresa. I think it might be a Teresa host. Well, why go through that? Hang on. So that Ford has... So that no one will know that oh. Ford has killed Teresa. And his plans remain undiscovered. Now, take that a step further. What if there was originally a Bernard? Okay. And what if and what if Ford had him killed or... or wait, and, wait. Stop. What if the real Bernard was the Bernard talking to Dolores, seemingly programming yes, her, exactly. and the Bernard finding the house? Right. That's the real Bernard. Perhaps. Yeah. So That makes more sense. Because otherwise, why would you go through the trouble of this host discovering something? He would likely already know or not have the free will or, or initiative to find if he was a host. Exactly. So I don't... Okay. I'd ha- I, it. Again, it's going to require some rewatches of the episodes... But, which we won't do. <laughs> which we absolutely won't do. I'm very busy with many things. Very, very I have busy. nothing going on. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, but it's it's entirely possible. You know, Ford mentioned that like they had previously sent someone else. I don't necessarily think that person is Bernard, but Ford might literally be killing off and replacing people who get too close to, to what he's doing and his own personal playground and replacing them with hosts and little by little the board or mm-hmm. L, you know whoever in Westworld or the the headquarters in Westworld they're being replaced it's it's invasion of the body snatchers yeah. okay um the the next scene is El Lazo um 
slash Lawrence um, um, on the train with Will and Dolores. Um, this was, I'm trying to read my notes, but I don't think I came up with anything um, anything really significant, only to the fact that I think this episode cemented to me that Will becomes the man in black, because specifically he talks about how he grew up reading books, and this world is more real to him, and he loved, this world is more real to him, and he could really be himself here than he can in the real world, and um, he grew up reading books, and the books were, were, were more real to him than the reality that he was living in, and it, it just seems obvious that he's the man in black. And Lawrence does mention that, you know, I think you've got a knack for this, for killing or what have you, uh, which might just be something that he's programmed to say to, to every host, right. I mean to every guest, uh, because you want to make them feel badass, but, um, yeah. you know, uh, unless Westworld is, is being a little too... Uh, circumspect and a little too coy it does there do seem to be a lot of just uh, nods to the fact that that he's probably the man in black why so we obviously uh, his love for Dolores is real I mean it's it's clear at least well, at least in his least younger days his infatuation with her sure I mean yeah. no, no, he, his feelings towards her are positive and he, it doesn't look like he would ever do anything intentionally to hurt her in his younger self how does he get to the point where he was raping? He raped her, right? He raped her in uh, one of the first couple of episodes. And he was roughhousing her and he raped her. I mean, how do we possibly get to that point? Even if arguably Dolores was reprogrammed and she lost all her sense of free will and everything that they went through together was crushed for him because she was reset. You don't think he would ever harbor such hatred towards her, right? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, let, let's... Taking the assumption that he is the man in black right I, now. I just thought of a theory, but continue. Oh, no. Go, go. The man in black is a host. He was... So just like they're killing Teresa and making her into a host, Will got too far. So... But the, he wouldn't have been able to age. So he would have had to have been made a, a host in his old age. Right. So, but... The fact that his, and that's his punishment, right? To be made a host and to be antagonistic and brutal towards Dolores, right? That's his punishment. But I can't, there's no doubt in my mind that Will and the Man in Black are now the same person. However, we need to account for the extremely divergent attitudes towards Dolores. And I think the only explanation is that Ed Harris is a host. Um... Listen, it's possible. I'm, uh, I'm not there yet. Um, well, how do you account for the... Di- is it, all right, let me ask you this. Are you sure... Are you positive that Will and the Man in Black are the same person after this episode? No. That, that, okay. I mean, that's why I was saying okay. Okay, I'm taking that assumption, but I'm not there yet. Okay. Um, also, I don't necessarily think the Man in Black is a host yet because a guest recognized him um, and and thanked him for the found the work his right. foundation did. That seems unlikely for a a guest. For okay, one it's a host would not do that, not recognize that you're from outside the world and say something about that, right? Which means that guy was a guest, right? And a guest would not say, "Hey, I recognize you to a host." Sure. Sure, unless he's a host in the real world. Unless he's a host in the real world, which opens up a totally different can of worms. And I I don't think we have enough evidence to to go forward and say, I think he's a host. Okay, Um, next scene, we see, what's her name? The attractive woman um, who is having sex with with Hector. Miss Hale? I don't know her first name. Hale? Let's just call her Hale. We'll call her Hale. I do Um, not know her name. So she's having sex with Hector. It's like, "Hmm, I thought that wasn't allowed. Like, I thought, it wasn't it frowned upon to have sex with the hosts? Is she allowed just because she's so, so high level? Pretty casual about the entire business as well. Yeah. And then, you know, she finishes having sex with him, puts her clothes back eats on. Eats a potato chip. Eats a, eats, a, eats a few, has a smoke, yeah. you know. Um, chit-chatting with Teresa, it's, uh, it's, all, it's all pretty relaxed. Turns him off because she doesn't want to hear his mouth anymore. Oh, she does? She turned him off? Yeah, she, she powered him down. How? No, he didn't. She just laid. He just laid there patiently waiting. No, she powered him down. How? 
she has a tablet. Can any host? Can any? Can any guest and, do that? Probably. Well, she's not a guest. She she yeah. has a tablet that's paired to him, and she brought him down. Okay, so she she talks to Teresa. Um, she tells her um, sort of the problems that Delos is having with Ford and the way the park is run. And what's really interesting to me is what research project is Delos interested in. You know we don't care about the hosts. We don't care about... Doesn't, he, she, she didn't explicitly say that, but I don't think they care about the narratives. There's something deeper, some sort of data that's being gathered, in my opinion, that that Delos is interested in. Almost like this is a social experiment and they want the the outcome, or it's something more, tan, more substantial and more material than that. Do you think that this is an elaborate scheme to get the email addresses of Westworld visitors so they can send them marketing emails? No. <laughs> okay. What do you think it is, though? Um, I mean, honest, she, she mentions that the intellectual property, the, the, the code, is what they're actually interested in. Uh, so what, To what end? Uh, my, my initial guess, you know, is artificial intelligence. You know, using, using artificial intelligence to create um, soldier, soldiers that, you know, don't eat, don't sleep, you know, just mm. move forward, uh, to create programs that constantly monitor things and make adjustments on the fly. I don't know. Um, I mean, that's my initial thought. Yeah. Uh, but there could be a variety of other, uh, uses for code like that. So when they're talking about Ford and saying that they can't fire him, they want to do something to make him quit, essentially? Well, I mean, I think I think the implication is that they can't they can't upset him until they secure all the data that he has access to and controls himself. Because since he has godlike status in Westworld, he can just erase it at whim. So until they secure that data, they can't make a move against him. Whether and and I think uh, Ms. Hale simply says that we don't fire people, we, ret- we retire people in Ford's position. I mean, just as a, as a turn of phrase. I think it doesn't matter how he leaves or gets out to her, as long as they secure what they need to secure. I mean, what could possibly happen, though, that would, that would incentivize Ford to retire? I mean, what could they possibly do? They can't fire him, because they explained that he would just shut everything down but what could they possibly have on him or possibly do that would make him be like i gotta go oh no well i mean again i think it's just a turn of phrase um it doesn't matter how they get rid of him right as long as they secure the data they will then ask him to step down they will fire him and call it a retirement okay i i think she's just just trying to get another they're just trying to get rid of him okay yeah uh next scene is mave um back on the you know, she's going through her same her same routine. Um, I think partially because, despite her increase in um, intelligence and what was it, abject perception or what was the word they used last time? Um, oh, um, uh, I don't remember. General intelligence. It was uh, yeah something, but anyway. But despite her her increased intelligence, she's still on loop, and I think the fact and the way she's looking around and the way she sort of pauses as she goes through her loop, she she's she's going on loop without sort of realizing it. Like her standard is to go on loop, and she's realizing she's in loop, and she's diverting from it. She didn't roll into this sequence completely separated from loop. She's still in it. Right, right. And I think when she's talking to Clem, that's best exemplified by the fact that she says the thing she always says. And then she stops and she's like, wait, why would I, why did I, why did I say that? Also, just like side note, logistical question. Do each of these hosts like Dolores and Maeve have their own home? Because they each seem to have like a bedroom and a bed to wake up in. And don't you seem, don't you, wouldn't you think that that's like a waste of resources? Like Dolores obviously has an entire home and a bedroom. We've seen it. In Maeve, we see her wake up. She's in some sort of bedroom, too, and then we see her walking to the brothel. Like, don't you... Th- I mean, I know these, these locations could be used in a narrative, but doesn't it seem a waste? Well, I mean, I think you answered your own question. Uh, you know, when I go to Disney World, a lot of things seem like a waste, but, you know, you're paying the money for it, and they create the experience, and that's what Westworld is, just to the nth degree, right? So, you know, what if you're, what if you're trying to sleep with Maeve, or what if you're trying... You're, yeah. What if there's a storyline where, like, you know, you need to go into a room or whatever, like, she needs a room. 
do you think the other robot Clementine realizes Mabe is different, or you just think she just adjusts? I think she she just adjusts. Um, I think it's interesting, um, just from an emotional standpoint, when Maeve realizes Clementine is on her loop and talking about her family and her backstory, Maeve feels bad for her. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty sad to uh, to watch that. Again, testament to the acting. It's just a, it's a lot of subtleties, uh, which I really liked. But yeah, I mean, I guess she she felt bad for her. Um, okay, so then as they're going through this whole thing, um, headquarters people from headquarters burst in. And everyone freezes, except Maeve, obviously, because she's graduated from those... From those uh, she obviously doesn't shut down when they want her to shut down anymore. And right. uh, we're like, finally! Scott and I are like, finally! Like, all this divergence and all this... Someone's noticing! Cause we, the, this host has been off the rails for who knows right. how long, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, and, and now finally... We're gonna come get her finally, thanks guys. No, but... Because not only with Maeve, though, but there's such divergence from Dolores and from Maeve, and no one notices, and Maeve's walking around headquarters like she owns the place, and, like, no one notices, and we're like, finally, narratively, this makes sense. Nope. <laughs> They're after Clementine, the one who's presumably still d- directly on loop, and you just think yourself, the incompetence here is outsta- astounding, because they're going after the wrong host. Right. Well, no, they're, they're going after the right host, but for different reasons, right? They, yeah. It's incompetence that they don't know what's wrong with Maeve, but they specifically selected Clem... Which, which as is an, ironic. To, yeah, to make an example, uh, to make the example that they wanted to undermine Ford. Right, well, but... So Clementine, like, you know, there was something wrong with her. She's not resetting, or we'll get into that later, and she's retaining memories, but, like, that's not as obvious as Maeve, who's visibly just off the loop... Clem has a little bit more nuanced problem that they come in and get her right away. And by the way, just side note, there must have been no guests in the in the brothel at the t- at the time that the, that the you know astronauts would walk in and freeze everything, right? There, there's no way. Yeah, right. I think that might be uh that might disrupt the experience just a little bit. Okay, so cut back to Dolores and Will on the train with El Lazo, who they call Lawrence. And I thought in this particular storyline, he was. Elazo. I mean, is El is his just name? No, he introduced himself as Lawrence oh, okay. to them this this time. I think Elazo was his other incarnation when he was in with the Man in Black. Um, and honestly, I think if they called him one or the other, uh, I think the host would probably just take it in stride. Um, right. But my thing, my thing is, how would they know his name was Lawrence? But you you said that he already introduced himself to Lawrence, so that as Lawrence, so that. Um, makes sense there. And then we already got into this. Um, Dolores and Will have the conversation about why, how he loved books and how this is real to him. And I just think an important, um, a very important difference between Dolores and Will is highlighted here. This world is real for Will. Will wants to exist in this fabricated story, which is probably why he becomes the man in black who's there all the time and and completely immerses himself, Dolores wants out. She doesn't want to exist in this story. For the man in black, the story is reality. And for Dolores, her life is a fiction. So I think that, you know, while there's genuine affection between the two, um, you know, they're on completely different pages. I also thought it was uh, a cute little notation when um, Dolores said that she didn't want to think about the past or the future and she just wanted to live in the now because she just lives in the now. (laughs) Right, right. And the whole love story, I mean, it was very, like, uh, very sort of scripted. Oh, she runs into the other car. He runs after her. I mean, it was exactly what Will would probably want. And because that's the kind of fairy tale scripted thing he would want, and it makes you question Dolores's affection for him. Is that part of the loop? Is that part of the programming? I mean, I think it is. I, I can't even if Do- I'm not taking away from Dolores's enlightenment and the fact that she's questioning. I mean, I have no reason to believe that that in and of itself is part of programming. But her love for this guy—that seems right on brand with the character of Dolores. So. I don't know how... I mean, I think it's genuine for Will. I I, I'm, I, I absolutely think it's genuine sure, for Will. Sure, I don't think sure, it's genuine sure, sure. for her. Yeah, I think it's just uh, Westworld, the theme park, screwing with your emotions again. You know, catering to what you want. Okay. Um, okay, next scene is Ford. Um, 
and we actually the next scene actually is ford and clementine in the um i guess in like a in one of the examination yeah, rooms, in one of the examination with, with some of the, rooms. Uh, apparently some of the board members, apparently, uh, Ms. Hale, Teresa. Yeah, and, and, and basically we find out what's wrong with Clementine is that she's not resetting properly, and she's retaining memories and almost grudges. Um, right. Also, she won't freeze when she's told to freeze. Right. Um, so this was interesting to me. They, so they explained the problem. Essentially, those those reveries they programmed are letting the host re right. relive some of those old uh, memories, and it's screwing up with their processes. I'm not sure whether the board made the problem worse in order to undermine Ford, or if the the problem it just is the problem, and they just let it go normally. Um, and they already had what they needed to undermine Ford. I'm actually thinking it's kind of the former. They might have pushed it a little bit. Sure. And why use a host in there with Clem? Because they knew she was going to beat someone up and they didn't want a human beat? Or is it part of the ruse? Well, I think it's part of the ruse because if they if they really didn't know there was an issue, they might have actually used a human. Um, they said there were safety issues, but, you know, I think they knew what was going to happen. And that's probably because they pushed it along a little bit. Hmm. Um, okay, so if the problem is Ford, why fire Bernard? Because they don't know it's Ford. Well, but their ultimate goal is to get rid of Ford, right? I think they were hoping Bernard would give up Ford in order to keep his job. Not knowing he's a host. <laughs> Not knowing that he has no free will. But don't you think Ford sort of had this look on his face at the end of that scene? Like, this was all sort of expected, and he has a handle on it, and he's on top of all of this, and he's not scared, and he he's the one who's going to have the last laugh here? The the self-satisfaction on his face, the, the, the very last image you see of the scene is like his, like, is, is Anthony Hopkins' sort of weird half-smile of a man who knows everything. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I totally agree with you. He, he absolutely thought that. Okay, so the next scene, we're back. Uh, post-coital, Dolores and Will. Dolores is charcoaling some sort of uh, landscape on a sheet. Insert Titanic joke about painting me like your French girls. <laughs> Come on! Is it, she's painting and he's a, lying out there. It was a landscape. Yeah, but it could have been uh, a picture of naked Will. <laughs> so you think to yourself, like, okay, Dolores, you know, you want to escape from this world. You want something more than what you have, but you're painting a scene that we've seen before that's clearly part of this world. So while Have we seen that before? I, to me, it looks familiar. I mean, but even so, she's not painting... She's painting something that she's likely have if it's part of the world it's very likely she's seen well, it before. we didn't we didn't know that and so actually my 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 thing in this conversation was she was like i wanted to paint something new and different so but i imagined something but it wasn't. we learned that later right but i'm saying it yes we learned it later which which goes to prove my point but like to me she was painting something that was very likely part of westworld this wasn't a divergent or original or unique thing so I think this underline for me, as much as she wants to escape, she can't. She's bound by her programming and what she knows, and she has no ability to paint something other than what she's seen or something that's familiar. I agree, but not in this scene. I agree in retrospect. I think in this scene, when I was watching her paint and talk about why she decided to paint something new and different that she imagined, I was like, oh, it's, it's a little bit more like when she shot those guys in Pariah, she was imagining a world in which she wasn't a damsel. It's like, oh, it's another point on her on yeah. her journey. We find out later that it's a real place, and so she's really just drawing on places she has already seen. So I agree with you, but only after we, we, we get through the rest of the story. I actually thought that, thought that was a sweet moment until they took it from me. See, but for me, I guess just the difference for me, it was sort of take, it was sort of not as significant. Initially, and for you, it was just proven to be insignificant when you see the exact place or we're both wrong and the place that she's painting is so significant that it is going to be very significant in the upcoming episodes and she's almost foreshadowing a key place um that will be key to her escape right may well maybe it's all part of the maze and, and she's programmed with that sort of push to go that way um and i think that then you know in the rest of the scene um, between Will and Dolores, they have a conversation that sort of highlights their differences. Like, she wants to escape and he wants to stay in this world. And she said, he says to her, you will unlocked 
something in me and she's like I'm not a key you know I'm not a tool that you could use I'm a person foreshadowing that she might totally be a key <laughs> for something in in narrative yeah yeah um okay and then then there's a sequence got a few you know i hate the in narrative stuff in the in in world narrative they're being chased by outlaws boring 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 they send a dead guy out on a horse boring 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 um obligatory action sequence boring 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 step in if you feel like you need to add anything Poignant. I mean, there were some cool explosions. Uh, uh, there was a chase scene on horses. You know, that's always fun. Has Dolores been, in her narrative with Will, has she been reset? Could we assume that when a host is in a significant narrative with a guest, that they're not reset until that narrative completes? Well, I think they can, uh, they can reset them remotely, but I would guess that you're right, and during a narrative, they probably don't do that. Because they need to retain the memories of what's going on with the particular guest, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if Dolores is reset, she loses all of this enlightenment that she had with the fortune teller and the picture and everything else that she's come. She would retain a little bit of it, because we've seen her reset while she was on this journey, presumably, of enlightenment, but I think if she's reset... After this, she'd lose a lot of self-discovery. Yeah, potentially. I mean, if, if she still has that reverie update, then that would that would be a problem. How many days did Will pay for? <laughs> I have no idea what the standard package is. But uh, I think I remember the number 40,000 being bandied about, like... Um, for the experience or for a day a or something. It's, for a shit ton of days. It's, <laughs> right? Well, wait, it's only, it, it looks like it's only been a day or two. Yeah, you know? sure. Um, it was, you know... Only only $100,000 worth of time in Westworld so far. Okay, cut back to Maeve, um, and the man is named Sylvester, not Felix. I was calling him Felix the entire episode. I'm going to continue calling Sylvester Felix. Okay. <laughs> um, of course... She asks for Clementine, and of course, who's working on Clementine? Of course, it's Felix's friend. Of course, because... Redbeard. Redbeard. Does he even have a beard? I think he's got a little scruff there. It would be funny if he had no beard. It would be funny if he had uh, no beard. Of course, it's that guy. Point being that, like, there's probably a million technicians, and of course, narrative hand wave, it's that guy. Um, and... Sh- and... She said, take me to Clementine. And it's again, it's like, why is he listening to her? What is, what does she have on you? Like, presumably, like, even if she's not shutting off or her intelligence quotient is bumped up, like, couldn't you just, like, take a gun and shoot her or, like, call someone in and be like, this, 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 uh, this host is just off the charts. (laughs) Like, we gotta turn her off. I've been wondering why. So you remember the last episode when Maeve was like, hey, let's bump up my intelligence. Yeah. Why didn't they just drop it to zero right there? Right. <laughs> like, why, why did sure, I Sure, sure, I'll bump up this intelligence. Bump it right up right now. Zero, yeah. save. Also, also, heartbeat will go to zero, too, right? Like, uh, but, you know, uh, Felix and his friend Redbeard don't strike me as the smartest tools in the shed. Uh, so, again, narrative hand wave. It's, I think it's a little bit of bad writing. I don't think their reasons for helping Maeve are great. She's going to expose them for some of the things they've done. But, like... But not if she's turned off. You know, yeah, exactly. So, I'm not... I'm not I, I'm, I don't love the writing on this, but I'm willing to keep going with the, with the narrative on it, this one. Unless they feel that if they would really, like, bump her intelligence, like, to zero or, like sort of incapacitate her that way they'd get in more trouble for like fucking with the host or ruining the host but in a way they're fucking with her in a different way in the sense that they're ramping up her intelligence and no seemingly no one is noticing that so right right obviously uh, she can't be reset so that's a problem yeah oh there are a series of problems going on with Maeve okay so cut back to Bernard he's with Teresa um, he said, I know you're responsible for leaking the, the data. Come with me. I want to show you something. And you think to yourself, why is, well, this is obviously answered later, but like, why is he being so transparent with her? Aren't you pissed? You were just fired. Like, and Teresa was responsible for that. Why are you like being transparent with her? And like, why are you showing her something like, peace out, dude. Like you're fired. <laughs> 
agreed, 100% agreed. But I also wanted to, to just quickly note, I think, a key important item that I think they talk about when they're standing there, that they don't know how all the code works. Right. That Only Arnold does, apparently. Oh, uh, yeah, Arnold wrote, uh, you know, at least half of it. Um, and they really don't understand how the underlying hosts work, which I think is going to be very, very important if we later sort of find out that these hosts are fully conscious and have just been shackled by everything else that's been done to them. Maybe Arnold actually created legit intelligence capable of existing independently right and then what the company did and what maybe uh ford did was shackle them with all of these other rules and restrictions um so i don't know if that's the case but i think it's very important that they don't really know how these hosts work and what they do um because it shows they're fumbling around in the dark it shows that some of these glitches might not be glitches it might be the self-expression of what they actually are coming right. to light. Yeah. Which I thought, which I thought was uh, maybe maybe it's just a throwaway comment, yeah. but I, I thought there was a lot of depth there potentially. No one knows how these hosts work. That's I believe was the quote, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, switch back to Maeve. Um, she's like, I want to get out, and they say something like, "Your skin keeps you in here," which makes me think like, if she steps outside, like maybe her skin will sizzle, she'll explode. Like there might be some like physical safeguards that prevent her from leaving. You've just suggested that Maeve is a vampire. Yeah. Well, you know, it, mechanically, it might work as a vampire skin would. Every, and it might, it might. Um, yeah, so, you know, he's like, uh, everything you are keeps you here, uh, even your own skin. So um, it'll be interesting to see what plans she puts into place using her newfound uh, super intelligence to, to sort of figure out a way around uh, whatever the practical things are keeping her there. Which seems almost insurmountable like if your skin's if you if your skin is wired to prevent you from leaving i mean there seems a lot of insurmountable obstacles that would that would absolutely preclude her from leaving right also quick question um if assuming that the laws of thermodynamics are the same in this universe as they are in uh on the tv show uh, or in the real world i mean um what powers these hosts do they like plug into a wall do they have like Duracell batteries or something and so really what I'm getting as so Maeve gets free what does she walk around for like two hours before her battery runs dry and she keels over heart what powers it exactly yeah she's got it that they they clearly well I mean maybe they ingest food and eat um and maybe they derive sustenance by that way exactly in the form of humans they've never suggested it or, or talked about it so I am wondering what the power source is solar uh, it's, it's, it's possible, but, um... Well, don't forget, they reset them all the time, so they probably charge them up. Right, but what I'm saying is, if you never get a reset and you're running around outside in the real world, how are you powering yourself? Fair. Maeve's freedom fair, problem. Fair, yeah. Um, Maeve said, I used to see you guys as gods, which makes you think, do all of these hosts have a certain memory of these HQ people programming them and view them as gods, likely I would think that they have no memory of that and think if they have any memory, it might be just a dream. I wonder if the god experience is specific to Maeve or other hosts have memories of the HQ people and think of them as gods. Yeah, it's a good question. I think maybe the latter. Um, It's just we only encounter Maeve's experience with it. Right. Um, but, you know, maybe it's not too widespread. Um, right. Maybe it's based on the reverie programming. Maybe. Um, but we haven't seen any other host actually identify their creators as gods. Yeah, Right? Um, death. She's like, I'm not afraid of death. I've, I've died a million times. And I don't think she gets it that, yeah, you've died and then you reset. But if you die escaping from this place, you're not going to be reset. It's going to be... Well, she might be. <laughs> but, but She's a very not. expensive piece of machine. Probably not. Uh, well, I think, I think her particular suggestion is not that she's a she thinks she'll just keep coming back. I think it's just that she's not afraid to go because she's experienced that a hundred times where each time she thought that was it. Um, you know, so maybe she's just prepared for the very end uh, rather than, oh, I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get my head blown off and they'll put it back together and send me right back out. Okay, so the last scene is when we discover Bernard takes Teresa back to Ford's house and we discover that Bernard is a 
host. I think we've talked at length about this scene right in the beginning. Um, just a few more things I want to bring up. Why were Dolores' blueprints there? Well, remember that she was one of the oldest um, hosts in the park. Um, so maybe those blueprints, you know, it even said prototype Dolores mm -hmm. um, on there. So, you know, those just might be the plans that Arnold and Ford had and that Arnold and that Ford kept after they originally created her. Because the machinery itself is new, but that facility Bernard mentioned is a little bit older. You know, the, the, the actual, you know, maintenance facility or whatever it mm -hmm. was. Right, right. Um, why kill Teresa and why not kill Hale? Why not do the same to Hale? She seems to be the greater threat, and Teresa seems to be just following protocol. Following, not protocol, following instructions from Hale. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, I don't know the answer to that, except to, to say that Ford is obviously at least somewhat amused by these back and forths with uh, the board and the people who think they're in charge. And so maybe t getting to Teresa is more expedient for him um, or just uh, another part in his long-term sort of plans to stay covered, you know, because if, if they like Teresa in that job um, and, they keep co and she keeps covering for Ford and quote-unquote brings him in line, then Ford's problems sort of evaporate a little bit. Um, but I don't know, really. Also, he's, he just met Hale recently. He's known Teresa for a long time. It's easier to create a Teresa host because he had access mm. to her for longer and was able to make a Teresa host. It would be too difficult to make a Hale host, having only known her a few days. Oh, that's a super good point. Super good point. Um, okay, I don't have anything else. Do you have any other like thoughts about this scene or the, the overall episode that you mm. think you want to bring up? No, I mean, I think I covered uh, you know a lot of my thoughts on this scene. Um, I think this was easily the strongest scene of the episode. Um, of an otherwise sort of boring episode, let's be honest. Well, you know, I mean, you know, like I said, I like the character beats, I like the character moments, um, but it was it was a little boring. Boring. Uh, Westworld, you know, definitely is a show that spins, spins its wheels on decompression. But I do want to go uh, back to the beginning, so to speak. Um, Westworld has a, a, a good habit of being very direct with its uh, episode titles. Yes. Um, and uh, al right. although I, I can't pronounce Trump Olel, um, I'm going to call, um, you know, uh, the idea that, you know, you're painting a two-dimensional image to seem three-dimensional, that theme recurs, is one on the nose for beings who think they're real but are not, Bernard. but also re re reoccurs throughout the entire thing. So they painted this picture of Bernard as a three-dimensional thing when he's, in fact, just a two-dimensional host. Correct. Yeah, you know, uh, Dolores is painting a, uh, a canvas landscape, mural, yeah. a landscape in two dimensions. Which then you ends know, up being three. You see yeah. that in three dimensions later. Um, and so I I know it's a, it's a, a little on the nose, a little direct, um, a little uh, hit it on the head a little too hard, but I do like the way that the episode titles in this one in particular sort of play out throughout the entirety of the episode. So I just wanted to bring Yeah, that. those were actually my two interpretations of uh, how the title applies to the episode as well. Um, anything else? No, no, I actually think that's it. Okay, uh, again, uh, this is the Inciting Incident cast. Um, if you like us, um, please uh, leave us a review on iTunes, uh, like us on iTunes, and please send us uh, any, f any questions or discussion topics to incitingincidentcast at gmail.com. Um, really, it will motivate us to continue doing this, uh, knowing that um, some people out there are enjoying it. And any emails we might get to our Gmail address, we would love to discuss on, on the show. I'm going to go one step further, and I'm going to say if you don't like us, still, like, review us and give us a star, a couple of stars, because, you know, I mean, that would be nice. Yeah. Pay it forward, guys. But, but don't say anything mean. <laughs> All Constructive right. criticisms only. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, guys, and uh, happy TV watching. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs>